Hello, and thank you for joining me on this episode of the Emotional Alchemy Podcast. Before we get into our conversation today, I want to share that the doors for Business Alchemist Mentorship are now open. I created this program to help space holders step toward their in-person or online businesses as a spiritual practice. I know you have medicine you want to share with the world, and honestly, this is why I feel so passionate about this work as a business mentor. It makes my heart feel expansive and warm when I think about how different this world would be if you, as a pattern breaker and as a change maker, felt empowered about sharing your work with your community. It's my way of shifting the tide of extractivist, capitalistic ways of existing. I will be your guide so you can explore the emotional blocks that keep you spinning in circles, and I share practical nuts and bolts principles that will keep your business humming along. We try to keep a solid balance of yin and yang around here. This program is centered on safety, intimate connection with community, and moving at the pace of trust, nature, and purpose. The curriculum and coaching I share is framed on the backdrop of my experience as a trauma-informed practitioner. If you're feeling curious, go check out my website, businessalchemistmentorship.com. We will begin this next cohort in mid-June, and it will be the only time I'm running it in 2024. I recently did an entire overhaul of the curriculum and felt that it needed a whole year to move through instead of the nine-month program it used to be, and I'm keeping it at this nine-month price one last time before I raise prices in 2025. Again, the website is businessalchemistmentorship.com, and I would love to have you join our community. Hello and welcome to the Empowered Curiosity podcast. Today, I am not going to do my usual solo intro thing because I, most of you know Christina um, by this point. She's giggling right now and trying to hold back. Um, But Christina is a repeat guest here on Empowered Curiosity. She's also one of my best friends. She's a colleague I met through working in a very, very busy acupuncture clinic. And she has been, oh man, so many things in my life. But particularly when it comes to my practice and my business, she has been just this stabilizing force. And um, the like, she fills in kind of like, you're like duct tape for me, Christina. (laughs) (laughs) So sticky. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So sticky. Also, just um, like sometimes I have moments where I'm like, fuck, what the hell am I doing? And you help just like patch things up. Um, You are versatile, very useful. (laughs) You can carry me around. (laughs) Yeah. Christina's my, my, my duct tape, not just for my business, but also for um, my life. And so she's been on this podcast multiple times. She will continue to be on this podcast. So um, just start to get to know her right now, if you don't already. (laughs) Well, thanks, Kat. And thanks for inviting me on. I love our conversations. I mean, I could say vice versa to the role you've played in my life. And I feel like we have a nice (laughs) yin-yang relationship Mm -hmm. where um, sometimes I'll I'll 
you know, maybe reel you in a little bit. And you've been such an energizing force in my life as well, too, where, you know, you, you provide me with so much inspiration and insight. And so it's just, you know, I've, one of the best things about working at the clinic that we used to work at was was meeting you. So I, I'm so grateful to have you in my life. And thanks for having me well, now that the love fest is over, let's talk yeah. about what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, how does this podcast pertain to anyone but us? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so today's episode, we are going to talk about business as a spiritual practice. And so the folks who are going to be interested in this episode are going to be in a healing profession as an entrepreneur trying to create a business that is aligned with your values, aligned with your Tao. I'm also seeing some folks who are artists and seeing that there are a lot of similar struggles when it comes to how to approach business from a spiritual and aligned place rather than coming at it from like this linear, got to grow all the time, uh, very masculine driven place. And so if that is you, then you are going to get a ton of value from this episode. Um, I think that even if you're not in business, there are a lot of concepts that we're going to cover that are, are fairly universal just because as we start talking about money and resources and relationships, which is what our businesses are all built on, then we have a tendency to fall into some old survival patterns. And so as we get into that, we get to start seeing business actually is a spiritual practice. So I'm going to throw this question out at you because you have been in business, been in practice, you know, made a lot of different transitions over the course of your career, both as an artist and as a healing practitioner. So what does it mean to you when I say the phrase business is a spiritual practice? Mm -hmm. Yeah, truth. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it really, really is. And to be, yeah, spiritual practice, I mean, that term, you know, words have so many different, they're sort of arbitrary, we can define them in so many different ways. But I think, in our conversation today, when we talk about business being a spiritual practice, I would define a spiritual practice. When I say that I'm thinking about anytime we're engaged in an activity or a state of being that connects you to like just the fabric of reality itself, the true nature of life, anything that increases your awareness and consciousness of what's really real behind at the, you know, at the foundation of our lives. So before all the social conditioning sets in, before all the fear, you know, all the things that we can layer on top of life through our mind and through overthinking, when you strip that away, Anything that connects you to what's really, really true um, to me is a spiritual practice, which is, you know, so often why um, being out in nature is a spiritual practice. When we observe those things that are just the, you know, you can call it the mechanics behind how things work. You know, we talk about qi in Chinese medicine, but um, a spiritual practice really increases your consciousness, allows you to step out of the what may actually 
be clouding reality. Sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, we try to problem solve with, with thinking and it's a great tool for that, but sometimes it gets in the way of seeing what's, what's really there. So anything that allows you to shift your perspective. And so what, why would a business <laughs> be a spiritual practice? Mm -hmm. um, I think it's one of those things, uh, one of the ways we grow and one of the way we're forced to develop our tools and look at our reality is anything that brings you challenges. And that doesn't have to be always big, bad, traumatic, difficult events. Challenges are something that force you to take a look at uh, and reassess sometimes like, hey, yeah, what are my real values? Mm -hmm. Am I in alignment? Does this feel right? Why is this straining to me? Or why is this so joyful? Anything that, that forces you to kind of reconnect and check in again, mm -hmm. uh, you know, what are, what are my values? What are my beliefs? What do I stand for? And business questions that presents those questions to you all the time, because there's a, there's a lot of things to do. There's a mm -hmm. lot of activities, there's a lot of problem solving. Uh, and there's a lot of things that demand your time and attention. And if you just live uh, overly in trying to problem solve with your mind all the time, and you never step out of that, um, it can become very overwhelming and very, very difficult. Um, so I think those, those little challenges that it brings, especially if you're building something of your own in a business, what do you stand for? What is your voice? What do you believe in? And it's going to challenge you with your beliefs around scarcity, your beliefs around mon like money and abundance, your beliefs around showing up in the world and being judged and how you receive love and security. And you mentioned mm -hmm. security and safety because it's about resources. I mean, it's one of those fundamental things in life. How do I provide for myself? What am I providing for others? What is, it goes even as big as what is my calling in life, which can be super overwhelming. We can talk about that later but um, mm -hmm. yeah it presents it presents a lot of challenges and I think um, those can actually be very exciting tools for growth they don't always mm -hmm. have to be these really heavy heavy things I think if you if you actually are able to slowly take ownership and, and some control in your in where you see your working life going and and build towards um, making that more in alignment with what you really do value those challenges aren't these soul-sucking heavy, um, I'm dragging myself into work, I hate what I'm doing challenges, they're like, oh, okay, this is something I need to problem solve. But it's because, but it's because it's worth it to me, it, you know, it gets me up in the morning. So yeah, I think um, anything that challenges you and forces you to check in with yourself, whether that's, you know, parenthood's a good one, um, you know, fertility practice we've been in, but um, something that questions your values and forces you to grow business is a fantastic spiritual practice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think like you just, this is why you're my sounding board for, for all the things. And particularly like when it came to my business, I started noticing that the same things that I was struggling with in terms of my relationships, in terms of, um, codependency in terms of asking to have my needs met in terms of how I value myself I just started noticing that I was bringing all of that into my business as well and I think that's what you mean by you know we're being challenged 
it's not the business inherently that was challenging me. It's it's that there was something within me that needed to be healed and and that I needed to process and look at and integrate that I could get so far by doing the work in relationships. I could get so far by doing the work in my family dynamics. And as soon as it hit my bank account, as soon as it hit my livelihood, all of those challenges started coming back up again. And um, and business, I feel like more so than the other avenues and, and parts of my life, it I'm the sole person who's responsible. And so there's nobody else that I can quote unquote blame or, you know, I can, I can only blame the, the algorithm of Instagram for so long before I start, I have to start looking at, okay, so what am I doing that is creating a dynamic in which I am not feeling fulfilled or I am not feeling aligned or ethical or like I'm being nourished. And so I think as soon as I started seeing that, I started consuming and taking a lot of business courses. And there's a lot out there. And what I found is that there was a lot of override that was being asked of my nervous system Mm. to do these programs in the way that they're designed. You know, there's a lot of like you know, create a vision board and look towards the future and look at all these things. And, and like, there's similarly to how annoyed I get around the love and light without looking at the shadow aspects of of personal development. I was seeing that in the business world as well, because I think when I, when I really got down into it, it wasn't about, learning one more strategy or figuring out how to get on a sales call and be confident or figuring out and downloading somebody's, you know, sales page template. You know, the blocks that were happening were more about feeling unsafe to be seen and heard Mm -hmm. because it was unsafe to be seen and heard in my family, you know, feeling like, Like I was so good at showing up and understanding the needs of other people, but feeling like at the same time, I don't know what my own wants and needs are and I don't know how to hold space for myself. And so how can I possibly ask for the price tag that, you know, I think that I should be asking for? And so there was a lot that needed to be done in terms of unpacking the the struggles and traumas of my past before I can move forward in my business in a way that felt ethical and aligned and moral and you know really in flow with my Tao and and I think that that's why and and I don't know why we do this but like we have a tendency to compartmentalize business as like this wholly different thing <laughs> um like you yeah. know there's a lot of talk around relationships and how they're a spiritual practice. There's a lot of talk about how communication is a spiritual practice. There's a, 
you know, self-care is a spiritual practice, but nobody really talks about the fact that all the same shit that happens in those realms also happens in your business. And so why do we compartmentalize that as a completely different thing and try to override and get to the goal without actually like doing the excavating and, and acknowledging work of validating what your past experiences have been like? Absolutely. There's so much great stuff you said there that we could unpack um, that I think we should. Thank you for also pointing out some of the um, some examples in your own life of some struggles that came up, you know, from some other places in your life then showed up in your business, um, because I don't think that gets talked um, about enough. And those things that you mentioned are, are really, really common, like being, you know, so many people are afraid to Um, show up and put their face on the internet or you know and there's there's a lot of things that that repeat um, and yeah they don't they don't get mentioned maybe enough so I'm sure that's really helpful to hear some examples um, for for people and yeah the the business is being this separate unspiritual part of your life whether you you know have a consider yourself as having a spiritual practice or not it's it's pretty funny because um yeah I think there's a lot of business the word business um and we're going to probably talk about this later after you know a few however many years of of uh capitalist mindset you know it's got these layers of being something sort of maybe icky or manipulative or taking advantage Mm. of other people and or it's something you just do for for money and like there's this puritanical you know we talked about archetypes and there's you know there's the there's the the prostitute archetype where I'm just I'm just selling my values I'm putting them on hold I'm just you know for money and we've got these sort of weird old ideas that um, doing business is somehow this sort of unclean <laughs> entity that you just kind of have to do or that it's somehow um, unspiritual, which yeah. there are many examples of, uh, I mean, I think that's why we're having this time of of almost like crises-induced awakening on our planet because we do have this long history of people taking advantage of other people for money or being so out of alignment with themselves and so disconnected from the natural world to make a living. And there's this, there's this trauma around Mm -hmm. how we use our resources, resource ourselves, exchange our resources for another resource, which is money. But at its foundation, I mean, business is really just trading something for something else with someone else. That's all it is. It's a, it's a trade. And that can be super fair and respectful and honoring of both parties or however many parties. Um, or someone, yeah, maybe is, is, is taking advantage or, or you're scrapping. Something's gone sort of awry in this picture where a value is being stomped on. But business itself is really just an energetic exchange. I know a lot of people talk about money as just being another form of energy because it's, you know, no one cares about that piece of paper or, you know, that coin at least is sort of more material or something. But, um, you know, it's it's a lot of zeros and ones now mostly. And it's it's sort of conceptual and it's really just a form of energy. What is what I provide worth to you but then also worth to me, you know, what's I think, and you talked about skipping over, 
in these business courses, skipping over the part where you have to check in, what's worth it to me? Because if you don't start with that, you're going to feel um, drained and you're going to feel resentful because you're, you know, too much is being asked of you and the compensation is not equal or fair. Like there's mm -hmm. something you're giving out more than you're getting in and, uh, yeah. you know, healing practices or health-based practices or, pretty notorious grounds for, for falling into those kind of traps. And, yeah. uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, you need to check in first with the foundation of yourself, what's worth it to you in life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then what is it, you know, we're all sort of default, you know, you don't have to prove your worthiness in life, but what, what is it that you want to exchange or provide to other people that, that provides value to them because then, you know, that's, that's how we also keep resourcing ourselves. It's this constant flow of things. It's, it's mm -hmm. not a measure of, um, you know, you don't have to prove that you, you, you're already worth all that you're going to be worth. Everybody's got this base of like, you don't have to prove that, but, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. what is it that you want to provide and, and how are people going to compensate, um, you for that, what you provide in a way that is, beneficial and fair to both. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I want to circle back to your very, very simple definition of like, um, you're providing something of value to somebody else and there it's, it's just like an energetic trade essentially. Yeah. Um, and I think that what a lot of us struggle with, and this is something that I know I've struggled with and have had to find my own way. And I think that everybody if they're approaching business from a spiritual practice is going to have to ask these questions of themselves is we in our modern culture, we cannot escape capitalism. And oftentimes I think that we get stuck in this binary thinking of, I either have to participate in capitalism in an immoral and unethical way in order to, be a part of that model, or I have to opt out. And I think that one of the, the things that I want to start talking about with my community is that this is not an either or situation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if we look at capitalism as an energetic, it's got a lot of masculine energy in it. And I'm not talking about like, toxic masculinity or, or genderedness at all. It's really about there is a structure. There are um, clear rules. There's this idea of upward mobility. There's a value system placed on doing versus being. There is a idea of like constantly bettering yourself and bettering your numbers. Um, and I think that oftentimes when we start looking at ourselves and start doing this personal development work, there's this natural tendency to like want to disengage from that system. Mm. And because I think a lot of it is, is at least for me, a lot of my spiritual practice is dismantling and un unlearning a lot of the ways in which the masculine forms of society have not served me. You know, like I can think of it in terms of the schooling system 
always needing to get that A, always needing to have validation for this external thing, always needing to do better and have a, a quantitative marker of success, like all of that shows up in business as well. And so for us to actually see the nuance, we have to slow things down and ask these really hard questions of around, like, if we are going to be participating in a capitalist model, are there ethical ways to do that? Are there moral and respectful ways to do that? And how can I do that in a way that is both going to nourish me and serve my community? Mm-hmm. And I think that these are are questions that are important for every practitioner, every artist to ask of themselves. Otherwise, it's so easy to get sucked into these, you know, arbitrary ideas of success. And mm-hmm. and you and I have both been in situations where it's like, well, we got that ideal, you know, and I feel empty inside. You know, I climbed the ladder, I got up to the top of the the staircase, and why do I still feel the need to, like, numb through alcohol and, you know, disengage and and not participate? Mm-hmm. And so I think that there's um, some some questioning that that many of us are awakening to around, mm-hmm. well, maybe I don't want to take the program that is going to launch me into a six-figure um, business in six months. You know, mm-hmm. maybe that's not what I consider to be success. Nobody's asking, you know, what is it that you consider to be successful? Like you as an individual, mm-hmm. like what is fulfillment and and alignment look like specifically for you? Mm-hmm. Specifically for you. Yeah, because everyone just as everyone has different ways they're going to manifest their gifts in this life. That's, you know, what you, how you feel, um, fulfilled and successful or, you know, is going to also be a little bit different. There's going to be some common roots, but it's going to look as unique as you are. And so Mm -hmm. I think it, it always starts with that internal focus. We can't, Mm -hmm. that's sort of the primordial pool that everything grows up. You know, you, you can't look to the outside before, you, you've started, you know, things start in that underground dark seed. Like you just, you have to look inward first um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. before you can decide and, and look so much and get so much, um, be so useful in, in the external. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, I've, and for, yeah, the either or, I mean, capitalism is one system. There's other systems that sound fantastic on paper that are proven tricky not to function that well in reality. I mean, you know, socialism sounds awesome. <laughs> Any, many isms sound great. They sound really fair. They say, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that um, fall down and not necessarily because um, the, the idea was wrong, but how you, how you put things into practice. And I think that um, yeah, skipping over some of those internal intrinsic values. And one of the things with capitalism that you mentioned is this idea of growth simply for growth's sake, yeah. which really is, is cancerous. Cancer is cells that just grow without any sort of mod, you know, modulating checkpoint. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, this idea that we should just constantly be growing or bettering, improving 
first of all, what is it that you have to prove? Why is it that you're so desperate to prove that your, your value is coming from this external source of validation? Mm -hmm. Um, but this, yeah, this sort of unfettered growth isn't very sustainable. And I think one of the wonderful things that's come out of the pandemic when people had a little more um, isolation and breathing room to hear some of and see some of the models, for instance, from indigenous cultures around the world that um, have uh, some values that maybe capitalism has gotten away from a little bit ideas like, you know, nobody owns the land that this is something that provides for us all that we are to be stewards of as much as we are to be consumers of. And mm-hmm. um, so I think in, you know, when you set up your, your own practice, where, where do you fit in this spectrum? I mean, we're all evolving to sort of try and sort out what's going to work for humanity. If you were born on earth, you're part of the human race. We're trying to sort of sort things out and it's going to mostly start with you. And then you're going to have to participate with other people because they're around and navigate these things. But um, yeah, it's, it's not an either or there's a lot of baggage and terminology, but everyone, everyone needs to uh, resource themselves. And we're, we're meant to be a community. We're a communal species. So we're going to have these exchanges and I don't need to take on all the gifts and skills and jobs of the world. Like I don't, I'm actually not a great, uh, gardener. Um, that's not my strong suit. It's, it's, you know, I could probably put some seeds in the ground and have some things grow, but that's not my flow. That's not my gift to give to the world. But I am so grateful for the farmers at my farmer's market who ha- who love being in the soil and doing those things. And, and I can't do all the jobs on the planet. I rely on other people to fill in where it's not my gift. It's, and so we all have something to share. And I think the more you're able to tap into what it is that comes more easily to you, then that is what you have to offer so that we can exchange and you're filling in for someone who doesn't like to do that thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That was sort of a very circular. (laughs) There's so many concepts floating around in, in this topic, but yeah, I think that what you're speaking of in terms of, of us taking and going back to like cycles and not looking at business simply for like looking at it from like a growth for growth's sake sort of perspective. Um, that is exactly why I felt so burnt out from business. You know, I spent the first gosh, what was it? Like four years of my, my acupuncture career building a practice and it got, you know, pretty successful. And, and I felt like I had gotten to the top of the mountain when it comes to like, you know, private practice, I was starting to open up more spaces and hiring practitioners and, um, really, Like I had had an entire lifetime before that of doing things to the point of burnout. And I 
didn't break that pattern through my first business, which is why I actually sold it and then came to join a, a different business, thinking that if I outsource the business part of it, then I can, you know, somehow avoid the burnout thing that I seem to keep recreating in my life. And in that practice, I found myself even more burnt out than in my first business. And so when I left that clinic, I felt like I wanted to build this practice, Empowered Curiosity, from a very intentional space um, of not looking at it from a linear model. And I don't know that it was quite that clear to me back then. I think at the time I was just like, fuck it, I can't, I can't be seeing 50 clients a week. So I'm only going to see 12 (laughs) clients and, you know, like putting down some real hard boundaries for myself and my energetics and my resources. And what I found is that the business was no different from my life in that, like, I cannot be go, go, go all the time. Mm-hmm. And so my business also cannot be go, go, go all the time. Mm-hmm. And I had the beautiful structure and backbone of Taoist medicine to like look at through that lens. And so when I started looking at business mm, from more of a cyclical model and like using the seasons and the elements as the framework for that, I just found that there was so much more ease and permission giving um, in that space. And so now I really do think about my business as going through the seasons. Mm -hmm. And so the seasons being autumn, winter, spring, summer, and late summer. And if you have been following us on Empowered Curiosity podcast for a while, you'll know that Christina and I have done a episode for each of those elements in each of those seasons. Um, and so you can go back and, and, and learn a little bit more about them in the, in the archives. I mean, what I love about our, our episodes is really they're evergreen. And so <laughs> um, like what we said a year ago is still very, very relevant. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we, when we talk about metal back on that episode, we talked about its clarifying force, you know, clarity and getting down to the like essence and the value and like cutting away the chaff. And so I think that every business needs to go through a period of time and space where you get really, really clear and aligned on what your values are what your ethics are, who are you speaking to, and what kind of work are you putting out there in the world? What kind of problems are you really good at solving? And from that space, then you go a little bit more internal, right? You go in into winter at that phase, and you root down and start really thinking about, okay, so if these are my values, then what can I put out there in terms of an offering that's really in alignment with, with what my values are? And how do I speak to my people and 
Um, and from there, that's where we can go into a spring phase. I think that a lot of times all these business courses are focused on just the spring phase and the launch mm-hmm. of like, this is how you like show up on Instagram and this is how you set up a sales page and this is mm-hmm. a template and, and, you know, all these flashy external things. And you and, see that mostly in media and in social media, there's a lot of focus and attention on spring and summer. You know, it's like, okay, here, here's the thing. Here's the seed you plant to get things going. And then boom, it's summer. And here's the fruit that we're seeing. And what you don't see behind the scenes is um, the internal struggles that people, the questions they've asked themselves, the, you know, the slow start to build something up over years of time. I mean, it's, you know, it's like a beautiful old garden. That's, you know, you, you may go and visit this beautiful old garden, but it took seasons upon seasons yes. to get there. And there are processes that you cannot rush. And so it's always good to be mindful because we're often shown the go, go, go. The praise is on the doing. You get the, you get these hyper focus on the spring and summer. Look what I, look what I have. And mm-hmm. we, we don't, uh, it gives us, I think, often a misperception of um, and, a, and an undervaluing of the other seasons that people have gone through, the internal work, the questioning, the saying no to things just as much as the saying yes and building things. Um, you know, we have a lot of choices to make. And, uh, and it's just, you know, focused on, on the fruit and the harvest time. So Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and that doesn't mean that there isn't value in the spring and summertime, mm-hmm. but that's not the only, like, I think that the reason why people shy are shying away from like a purely capitalist model is because in a purely capitalist model, you're just flipping back and forth between spring and summer, mm-hmm. spring, summer, spring, summer, spring, summer, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And like, you're always going to, like, you're so surprised if all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's a lull and it's, you know, autumn and winter and things are being scaled back a little bit and everyone starts to panic and it's like, oh no, this shouldn't be happening. It's like, no, it should be happening. (laughs) Things are, nothing is ever consistently the same. And, and we've, and it's, it's good to prepare for that or know that that's normal or, and, and whether that's your income or how you spend your time and the and energy, we've talked about that on probably almost all of our other seasonal podcasts, mm-hmm. is that there's, if you look at nature, there's this rhythm where things go through cycles. And that's actually what's normal down to, you know, if you live somewhere where the seasons are more obvious to mm-hmm. the rhythm of the day. I mean, you shouldn't feel at 2am necessarily how you feel at noon. And there's, mm-hmm. you know, if we we need to sleep and we need to wake up. We need to do and we need to not do. Maybe it's time to launch and maybe it's time to take a break and and contemplate things. Mm -hmm. It's there's, Mm -hmm. there's these natural rhythms to things. And I, I I think if you try to override them and you build up these false expectations that things should only look like summer or whatever, uh, (laughs) then there's a lot of disappointment and sort of confusion that happens because it's like, oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. And you've just connected some dots in my, in my head for me um, because the same way that we look at the capitalist model as being spring, summer, spring, summer, spring, summer, that's how we farm nowadays. 
mm-hmm. you know? Like, we don't mm-hmm. allow for the ground to be fallow. We don't allow for um, even, like, the the dead chaff from one harvest to fall to the ground and replenish the soil for the next harvest. Mm-hmm. What we do in in the way that modern farming is done is we plant the seeds and we add fertilizer, artificial fertilizer. Um, and at the end of it, I was just driving through my hometown in Camarillo and there were a couple of fields at Camarillo's a, a, used to be a bit of a farming town, lots of strawberries. Um, and the fields that we were driving past were they looked dead. Mm. It wasn't live earth. It wasn't mm. that like fertile, like dark, loamy, highly nutritious earth. And that's because yeah. what we've done is we've leached everything out of the soil that we could and taken everything that we could out of it. And and I think that that's where we have this idea of like, uh, we need to be constantly in spring and summer. That's what we do to our bodies we sort of we have these expectations that we're just going to produce and produce and produce and it's a tricky way to set up your business because you are going to end up burnt out and resentful and um, overdrawn so it's great if you're particularly if you're building your own practice your own business whatever it is you you get to make these choices where you can build in these cycles, where you can build in this expectation where uh, you're going to have a period of rest or um, this is going to be this production time and this is going to be ideation time and this is going to be connecting with my clients and my people. And so there's there's ways that we can, from the get-go, or even if you already have a business, redesign um, mm-hmm redesign it based on this natural model rather than these ideas that we have that that's the only way that you are going to survive because then Mm -hmm. it becomes about this sort of go back to the scarcity mentality where the only way I'm going to survive and and make money is if I'm always producing more if my targets are always higher and again this unfettered growth that's not sustainable and that that ends up taking its toll and it actually ends up not being the thing that resources you well and I see it's nice to see examples of people out there I you know I follow some business people and there's always such a positive response to them Uh, I find these small business owners and they're like okay this is my annual sabbatical I'm gone for a month or two and you know their clients are always like yay great glad I'm so happy for you and and they enjoy having this positive role model and you know, and then they're ready for them, you know, a month, two months later when they come back, they haven't lost the people who found value in their content or what they provide or yeah. their services. They, this sort of myth that you're going to, everyone's going to just lose interest and move on uh, is, is proving not to be true. <laughs> hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think unlike you, I do love gardening and... <laughs> farming and spent uh, three years in a small farm experiment that's what we'll call it Um, and and really what I took away from that the three years farming is this idea of regenerative 
agriculture, which is less actually about the fruit and the plants and the harvest and more about building the soil. And so like if we just focus on the soil and we did that by really feeding it with layers and layers of deep nutrition and allowing for the different, you know, soil layers to form instead of plowing it and flipping it over all the time and 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 really not touching the soil very much. Um if we focused on the soil, then the plants that we put in grew naturally and the harvest was beautiful. And that's sort of how I think about business is if we spend more time getting aligned on your values and getting aligned on, on exactly how you, you show up and serve in your communities and, and, and doing that deep metal winter work of unraveling your traumas so that you aren't taking into your relationships with your clients the same exact you know entanglements that you had in your family dynamics or in your romantic relationships then the money comes Mm -hmm. the business grows Mm -hmm. the you know the the things that you put out there take root Mm -hmm. because the soil is healthy Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and and i think that we we do ourselves a disservice by just focusing on the growth and the springtime and the plants mm-hmm. and the fruit and the summer and the bloom phase like we really like as as spiritually aligned entrepreneurs and as spiritually aligned artists we really need to do the work not just for ourselves but but for our communities and for your Tao and your purpose um, to get really clear on 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 what your soil looks like mm-hmm. yeah one of your services to others is actually to be really clear about your boundaries I think because <laughs> that's actually a great service I think I've mentioned this in another podcast but it's a great service to others to be very clear about what your values and boundaries are, because then they don't have to guess. <laughs> and then you're, you're taking the job off someone's plate where they have to guess and tiptoe around you or, um, you know, wonder. Not everybody maybe cares what your boundaries are, but it is a great service because then you're also being a, an example to others who may struggle with setting boundaries. It's a great service to be clear about your boundaries. And the only way you can do that is if you spent that winter time where you you get to check in with yourself, you get to assess your values. And it is not easy all the time to do that without the layers, particularly when talking about business, of panic setting in where it's like, oh my gosh, I need to make money. And I want to be clear that sometimes we just have to do things to pay the bills. And there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. Sometimes there's periods yeah. of time where this isn't your ideal business or job. It's not the perfect client, but there's, there's something where it's just like, okay, I I know I'm still choosing to do this because it's a, it's a short term means to an end. 
I'm accepting that this is what is. My bigger goals are to build something else, but this is what I'm doing. And that's, that's okay. Like sometimes mm-hmm. you just mm-hmm. got to do a job or mm-hmm. pull an all-nighter or things that I am so not advocates of. <laughs> but there is a time and a place to sometimes you just, you know, got to keep the roof over your head. Or, you know, and, and the food on the table or, you know, the bills paid and a- absolutely. And everyone is going to have different circumstances that they're navigating at different periods of their life as well mm-hmm. that are going to, you know, make some decisions for you. But there's still this, this um, element of choice. And, and particularly when you're, when you're building your own business, it's really important, even if you are doing some short term solution or bridge, bridge building that you check in with what your assess with your, you know what your values are what is it that you really want out of life and then you have that clarity for your for yourself first mm-hmm. and clarity about um, getting real clear on what your values are and those will come with doing that reflective work and what your services are and view, really um, getting rooted into your self-worth, your self-value, because how can you um, be clear about what is fair to you and ask that of someone else if you're not clear about it for yourself? Mm -hmm. And I know the creative community will definitely be struggling with a lot of, there's always a thing we naturally have to do a lot of um, critiquing as part of the process and assessment Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes you're, it gets really tricky if you throw your self-worth mistakenly in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's very easy to do. We all do it. But um, it's, it's one of the things that you, you have to watch out for is, okay, you know, separating that, okay, maybe I would change this about my work or I'm going to reassess or um, being very careful not to, again, look at that summertime of all these other people around you who are producing mm-hmm. things that goes for coaches, that goes for artists and designers and other entrepreneurs. Again, we always often get these snapshots that are very focused on the end product. And we mm-hmm. don't see that same person that we admire or we think their work is so much better than ours or, oh, they're mm-hmm. so much further along in their coaching practice. And we don't often see the times where they're like, oh my gosh, I suck at this, or that, that was a terror, or the idea that flopped, or they wanted to change, or it's really important to keep in mind that when you, you are seeing a lot of these end products, the, the comparison can be, um, comparison is a real creativity killer too, and mm-hmm. that can be creative in all sorts of fields, not just art and design. Yeah, yeah. I think... I want to just shift the the conversation a little bit because we've covered so much and I I want people to walk away with a little snippet of like really feeling seen, heard and understood in this in this journey. And you know, I've asked Christina to do a series with me on the five elements last year. And so we've done an entire series, each one showing up at, at the at the seasons, um, at the appropriate seasons. And um, next year, we're going to do something really similar, but have the focus be 
around business. And so in the springtime, we'll talk about launch and the things that come up around a launch and, and, and the things that come up when it comes to like sprouting and, you know, in the, in the summertime, we'll talk about relationship building with clients and, um, in the, um, what comes after summer? Uh, late, late summer, summer. yeah uh, we'll, juicy we'll harvest. talk about yeah <laughs> we'll talk about harvest and Shifting. transitions and yeah <laughs> exactly um and then metal is is when we clarify again and, and get even more clear and get intentional and winter is, is when we sort of root down and we talked a little bit about that earlier but I think the things that come up that I've I've been in conversation with a lot of people around this lately is um, fear seems to be like a thing that comes up around business and particularly entrepreneurship. And, and so how I've started contextualizing this is through archetypes. Like Christina and I nerd out about archetypes all the time and I don't know that anybody um, really has looked at fears in terms of archetypes and um and I want to give credit to uh, a trauma educator named Mustin Kip um I took one of his courses earlier this year and he talked about the three archetypes that show up in business and um and then I've sort of expanded on that beyond I think what he teaches um so the three archetypes that he says need to show up in any successful business is the student, the practitioner, and the entrepreneur. And so each of these has amazing gifts. So like the student loves learning, loves figuring out how and why things work. They crave knowledge. They crave um, research. They're typically very prepared. They're curious. They're not afraid to ask questions. But the shadow side of that, I think of as as the imposter. And so, like, if there's um, a very strong sort of, like, student archetype in you, you may also carry the, the flip side, which is the imposter. And so, you know, all of those things around um, loving to learn, it can also look like being overwhelmed by too much knowledge. Or feeling like you know how and why to do things, but you can't quite implement it. Or um, you get caught up in the perfectionist cycle, the preparedness cycle, and so you never actually do the thing. You're just like so busy getting prepared to do the thing. Um, And we have a tendency as good students to equate knowledge with value and success. And so there's always that, like, this is why it's so easy to get hooked into the capitalist model is because if we're constantly being validated by what degrees you have and what credentials you have and what courses you've taken and who you've studied with, then there will, it will never feel like there's, there's enough. And there's a lot of focus on doing versus being. And, and so you can see how if I were to just throw another strategy at you, like it's not going to work without mm-hmm. actually addressing that imposter mm-hmm. shadow side, mm-hmm. which comes from um, a background. And and this is just a pattern that I've been seeing with my clients is like when I ask people about their imposter side, it goes back to a background of, of having experienced 
unconditional love, or sorry, conditional love um, in childhood. So if you grew up in a family where you were only validated for these external markers of success, you end up being a very good student, but then you also end up not ever feeling like you're good enough. Mm-hmm. And so we have to carry on this like imposter archetype. And and so I think this is why it's so important. And, and you know, the, the same thing goes for the practitioner. You know, the practitioner, I think of the shadow side as being the martyr mm-hmm. of, you know, the practitioner is giving, but then the martyr is overgiving. Mm-hmm. And the practitioner is empathetic and really great at holding space for other people. But then the martyr is is not great at holding space for yourself and, and doing self-care practices for yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so when we start looking at these patterns as being unresolved parts of you that really needed that con- unconditional love, but only got conditional love or that really needed um, someone to ask you what your needs and wants were like then got neglect, which then turns into a martyr, you know, like there's no amount of, of giving you the how to's that's really going to help support you in that process. <laughs> it's almost going to throw gasoline on the flames. You know, it can, Absolutely. because if, if you're working with um, outdated coping strategies and you, and then you're layering a whole bunch of business strategy on top of that, you're going to run. You're going to run with your coping (laughs) strategies because the pressure is going to come, the stress is going to come, and you're going to do whatever you know how to do. And, Mm -hmm. and again, that's, that's where this spiritual practice comes in because it's, it's the, the trauma work of like, oh, why do I want to do it this way? And, and taking a step back, which is great because that's, that's the part that gets skipped over, but it's what a fantastic opportunity to reassess what's working for you and what isn't anymore because you get to do that and you it's it's no use blaming you know or wishing that you hadn't developed that coping strategy it had a time mm-hmm. and a place and thank you very much for doing that for me to get me where I am today mm-hmm. but it, but that's where the metal element comes in where you get to reassess and go mm, is this useful right now or anymore mm-hmm. or is this actually not getting me moving me forward towards what I, where I want to go. And then you get to, you get to practice because <laughs> usually these aren't overnight changes. Yes. Whenever those stresses and challenges come, you get to practice again. Oh, the education I have is already enough. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it's okay not to be perfect yet. Or, okay, this is what I need to do. Refilling my cup is just as valuable as the things that I do for other people. Those things will mm-hmm. come at you again and again and again. And mm-hmm. it's so, business is such a fantastic tool to get to practice those things. But a little bit of awareness has to come in where it's just like, first of all, you have to realize and assess what is it that I'm working with? Where do I, and it's a, a good clue to find those is like, where, where do I keep feeling like, ah, I hear I am doing that thing again, or, mm-hmm. you know, I've this, this, these patterns of things that I would don't love keep showing up in different ways in my life. And you, you kind of get to go look at them. And if you're at the end of your 
toolbox, your skill set, then that's when, you know, maybe that's when a coach comes in or you get to ask other people community, like you, you don't have to do it all yourself, but Mm -hmm. you do need to um, see where, yeah, what, what new tools do I have? And I know you've known me um, definitely in student mode (laughs) when I met (laughs) and it's, and it is, there's, it's, it's true. Those archetypes are so great because they show us the the values and the, I, I would say the like, hey, watch out. <laughs> this, mm-hmm. this might be careful. Student is wonderful, but part of my compulsive student, which was going into shadow side, is the idea that what, what I know now is not enough. And mm-hmm. if I just learn more, then I will be of more value to people. Then I will be the expert Uh, Mm -hmm. then I'll be feel justified to show up and call myself, you know, this person. And, and really, sometimes you do need to learn certain things. But then there's going to be a point where that's actually starting to be no longer true. And you have to watch out for not the often the perfectionism, which is, you know, the one way of avoiding, you know, avoiding pain and, and receiving love and praise. But for me, I know the perfectionism would come in and, and you have to watch out because that will also freeze you to not produce the thing or try out the thing because there's no room, there's no wiggle room for, let's just test that out and see how it goes. And if it's not perfect, great, we can still improve upon that or change or use that as feedback. And I'm not stuck. This isn't the last thing I will ever offer or produce in my life and you get into this mode where it's like this is it <laughs> and mm-hmm. and that's part of the perfectionist cycle is it's like sometimes you just have to like okay we're gonna test we're gonna try we're gonna produce and in a practice like you it's amazing even when you think oh gosh I'm not sure if that was my best it's amazing what value people other people receive just by you showing up and mm-hmm. and doing your best and, and trying and putting something out there versus if you're silent and you never show up and you never show your face and then you never use your voice, then, then nobody gets anything. Yeah. And I think that that's like such a beautiful contrast between those two energies, because that is the student side that you just talked about. But then the entrepreneurial side of you is almost exactly the opposite because <laughs> entrepreneurs are really good at being flexible and and jumping when there's a lot of like unknowns and taking risk yeah yeah being able to take a risk and and being able to create systems that are flexible enough that you can adapt mm-hmm. and being able to ask for help and support mm-hmm. um and and I think that there's like a lot of that a lot of people get stuck between that like student and and entrepreneurial sides of themselves because they they've not integrated the imposter which is the shadow side of the student and and as the shadow side of the entrepreneur I think of being as like the dictator mm-hmm. of like having like really really rigid systems that you can't break out of which is why I think that you know what we're seeing in the world right now is is not bad on like like what we're seeing in the world right now in terms of of capitalism is actually just bad entrepreneurs who have 
lost sight of of what their values and their ethics and their morals are mm-hmm. and have just gotten you know hyper focused on a specific goal and have not learned or been told that they need to be flexible and 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 bring in the the wisdom of the practitioner and bring in the the curiosity of the student mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and i think that when we build a practice that's integrating the imposter the martyr and the dictator what we end up is is an integrated version of the student practitioner and entrepreneur mm-hmm. that allows for all of those gifts to flow through mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely yeah and it's the the shadow side of entrepreneur too is I mean it's and it's so great to see that's why archetypes are so nice because you see their value and they're lesser not so valuable or maybe it you know got it got you in a pinch where you needed to go at some point but you see that you see the shadow side and it's 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 great to see the full spectrum and um, the entrepreneur is great at taking risks but they also can be in that external go, go, go mode where it's, mm-hmm. that's where you overvalue the producer and that's where you, um, maybe the end targets end up taking precedent over the value of the people in your company or the people yeah. you're, you know, you end up stepping on toes. And I think that's yeah. where some of that, the, the dysfunctional part of entrepreneurship and, and what you see, what people sort of think of when they think of evil capitalism is that, that's, that's, you know, disconnect with your values. And often that does come out of that place of fear. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's a big scale, you know, really intentionally, I'm going to purposely do something malicious. And oftentimes mm-hmm. it's just an unchecked spiraling of fear-based, like, if I don't do this, I'm going to be destitute. I am not going to be able to resource myself. I'm going to be ruined. And so fear that kind of unchecked fear around scarcity is a big one we have to look at in in running a business and entrepreneurship because it'll it can that's that's you can see where you might step off you know all the great value that entrepreneur has to has to bring and start (laughs) running when you especially when you start throwing the here's your launch techniques and here's your (laughs) copy course and if you have these unchecked sort of fear and you don't think you're, um, you know, good enough yet and or the only way that you're good enough is to overgive, then you're going to run with these business models and you're going to create a version that's based on those unchecked sort of unsustainable operational modes that yeah. get really, really tricky really, really fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm so glad that you said it in that way because what we're trying to do in having this conversation is inspiring people to be pattern breakers, to look at these systems and look at how we all are contributing to this unchecked cancerous um, world of profiteering and and bad morals and ethics. And, and really ultimately what that comes down to is it's unprocessed trauma and fear and how can we, as pattern breakers and as holders of medicine, as so many of us are, are called to do in this life, how can we build not just our, our practice around those values, but also build our business around those values? 
And that's really the conversation that I want to start having with the community in, in 2022. And and Christina's gonna come with me because <laughs> I I make her I make her do all the things with me. <laughs> it's good. Pushing me out of also my comfort zone <laughs> and getting me out there. <laughs> Because <laughs> your entrepreneur is strong, <laughs> mm. and I could get stuck in student mode, <laughs> mm. and just learn about coming on a podcast because that would be super fulfilling and maybe just good enough <laughs> instead of being on a podcast. <laughs> oh, but it's it's a really interesting time. It's a great time. Um, word of it's a challenging time too, but it's a really great time in human history. This this sort of like great reassessment I think that we've had as a globe and we've come out of when we started I think our very first podcast we mentioned that it was a metal year and mm-hmm. we've just had two metal years back to back and what that means in terms of energetics uh, as far as the elements go is that we've had this overriding or underlying energetic um, focus on the properties of metal to make us question our values and to cut away and let go of things that are no longer working for us. And if you think of everything that has come out of the pandemic, there's been so many great shifts. And we're talking about business. If you think of the workforce, I mean, unprecedented amounts of people have been quitting their jobs, have been starting something new, have been rethinking um, how they want to show up to their workplace. It's a really... I think fantastic shuffling because it, you know, transition can be awkward, but it also means that we're actually thinking about it. We're actually mm-hmm. taking time to, to reassess. And, um, it's, it's a really exciting time to be part of that movement. So if you're out there and you're making a shift or you're thinking about making a shift, um, yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting time. And I think you'd be so much ahead of the game to start with that internal work you're going to save yourself <laughs> a lot of the trial and error grief by trying to skip over that step and having mm-hmm. to backtrack later when those lessons really hit you in the face. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so how fantastic. And I love that you're offering a business course. And um, yeah, to anyone out there who is thinking of, of switching careers, um, it's really interesting. One of the things that's come up in conversations with the people that I know um, a lot of people are get trapped by what they've described as the golden handcuffs, and you think, mm-hmm. "Oh my gosh, um, how am I going? I'm I'm used to a certain amount of money. What's going to happen?" But one of the things that's been interesting just to think about is um, how much do you spend on self-soothing when you hate what you do? Yeah. How much money do you spend on alcohol or vacations? Um, so sometimes it's like, "Hey." At, where, where is this resource? Like, how much am I really getting? And how much am I giving? Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that comes up when you're looking at change is um, sometimes navigating the difference between when is something just a, a challenge that I need to find a new tool around, maybe a reframing of how I look at something, Something that I just, um, just some acceptance and stopping resisting is actually enough or where I've been pushing myself in go, go, go mode. And it's just a natural time for a pause or a rest. There's these 
challenges that, you know, maybe it's a reshuffling of how you do what you do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's this underlying, I would call it, um, because I have, you know, changed careers twice now. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a difference between something just being like, mm, I don't feel like doing that right now, or I need to just change some of the ways I do things. And then this sort of soul sucking fatigue that to me is how I know something is really, truly out of alignment with what comes naturally to me. And so if I'm in the way of what comes naturally to me, it's going to be, it's going to be draining no matter how much sleep I get, no matter how much exercise I'm getting, no matter how well I take care of myself. If you have this sort of underlying fatigue and and drain and you're trying to drag yourself to go do something maybe you can do it once you show up you kind of get in the mo but there's there's a difference between okay this is just a little bit difficult this is a challenge i need to problem solve or do something differently about and then it's like okay my body is telling me it's really time for a change yeah 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 and and using your body as that compass of, of helping direct you to what your next steps are, because she's got probably a lot more wisdom than your brain does. <laughs> yeah. She'll, she'll tell you. She'll, mm-hmm. she'll tell you. And the sooner you listen, <laughs> the simpler it's going to be. And I'll mm-hmm. add one more thing. I don't know if any of your audience is struggling with the, um, one of the more painful questions for me when I was thinking of switching careers was, you know, what, well, if I don't do this thing, what is it that I should do with my life? Um, and if you're still at the beginning of busy building your business and you're trying to build clarity around, um, what you want to offer in the world, um, just taking a little step back because, um, the conclusion that I've come to, and, um, maybe this is true, maybe it's not, but it doesn't seem to matter what you do at all. It's a cliche, but it's truly how you do what you do. And if you can find that, that sweet spot where you can show up to do something that maybe there's challenges, but they're not that soul-sucking fatigue, how you come to do what you do is going to be all the value in the world. Because when you're able to take care of yourself, you are well-resourced to offer that thing to the world. And then you're right, the people will come, the money will come, but putting yourself first is really how you, how you step into your service, your area yeah. of service. Build that soil. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, my dear, usually at this point I ask the guest how they can find you on the interwebs, <laughs> but you are in the midst of a transition yourself. So I imagine that the Empowered Curiosity podcast is how we find Cheech. Absolutely. Find me on the Empowered Curiosity podcast. Cattle list the number of episodes that I've been on. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, it's fantastic. It's, I'm in that period of time where it's like, hmm, it's pretty hard to find me right now. And that's really, really intentional. And it's fantastic. And I'm sure we'll talk more about it in the new year. And I will be journeying along um, with many um, in building a new business for myself which is exciting and fantastic. And I, to all the people who are in healing and creative arts out there, I um, have, an, I have a background in both and I've 
gone from one to the other, back to one again, and um, I don't see them as separate. And mm -hmm. I can't imagine going back to design without having done medicine. So mm -hmm. um, these are great, great services to offer, fertile ground for spiritual practices. And mm -hmm. hopefully uh, we'll get to dig into some of the milestones and uh, seasonalities of, of building your business and your spiritual practice in the new year.